Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Tracy Ray from the employment law firm of Baron Lehman. Tracy says that OPB sponsorship is a great way to support the community and connect with Baron Liebman's clients. This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. Six years ago, the New York Times reported that the earliest widely accepted evidence of people in the Americas was no more than 15,000 years old. But that date has now been pushed back further into the past, and much of the evidence comes from the Pacific Northwest. Oregon archaeologists have found stone tools that date back more than 18,000 years, meaning what is now Harney County has among the oldest evidence of human civilization in North America. Pat O'Grady has been overseeing a lot of this work. He's a staff archaeologist at the University of Oregon's Museum of Natural and Cultural History, and he joins us now from the site. Pat O'Grady, welcome. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Can you describe just where you are now? What does the Rimrock Draw rock shelter look like right now? Right now, I am sitting on a terrace uh, across from the uh, ancient stream channel from a uh, rock shelter that is about 20 meters long. It's a very modest piece of uh, basalt that sticks up above the landscape, uh, and it's in a wide-open, arid desert. Uh, terrain. So uh, it's it's a place where the wind blows from the southwest and winds carry sediments that have come over the top of the ridge and down uh, behind this basalt wall and uh, accumulated sediments for what looks like about 18,000 years. Hmm. What might it have been like 18,000 years ago? Uh, at that time, we're thinking about this in terms of the end of the Pleistocene. So the Pleistocene was the Great Ice Age uh, that started to uh, level off and uh, the conditions warmed at that time. It was still cold and very wet, a uh, very tough place to live, but it was also a time when the ice sheets across North America began to thaw and we see lots of water moving through different systems uh, at that time. And very different vegetation, uh, just uh, not sagebrush and not juniper like we see today. And is the idea that this might have been some kind of, of a shelter, a way to get away from rain or wind or, I don't know, blowing sand? That's about it. So I've been back here in February uh, when it's freezing cold, uh, but the sun's out, and because the wind is coming from behind the rock shelter, the air is still, and it's just really quite comfortable back there. Uh, it's not very deep. It's only about three or four meters deep from the, the roof uh, into the back of the rock shelter area. So uh, it was a place to get out of the rain and away from the wind, but not a place that people live for extended periods of time. When you are there... Um in that shelter in February, are you imagining what it might have been like for another human 18,000 years ago to do the same thing? All the time. It's, uh, I think that's a primary driver for archaeologists is what was it like for people back in those times. And when we find artifacts that are buried uh, in a place like this, it's almost like you touch hands across time. Hmm. Uh, you're making connections over great expanses, you know, many thousands of years and uh, meeting those people firsthand. 
How was this site chosen for a dig? I mean, you're, you're in a place in, in Harney County in Southeast Oregon. For anybody who either lives there or has traveled through there, one of the most inescapable facts about so much of Oregon is just its vastness and unpeopledness right now. You can go for miles and miles and not see anyone and, and see in some ways what seems like an, an unchanging landscape. In all that vastness, how do you decide which places to put out the grid and to very, very carefully dig? That's a great question. And a great deal of that uh, uh, credit belongs to Scott Thomas, who is our district archaeologist with the Burns BLM. He's retired now, but he and I have been working on archaeology in this area since uh, 2007. And we've been focused primarily on Paleo-American sites, or those sites that date from about 7,000 years back in time to, well, 18,000. Scott and I have spent a lot of time covering this terrain, and he's been, he was here for decades as the BLM archaeologist. And so uh, we know that the area where this site is located is one that in general has very old sites and not more recent sites. And so that's been a puzzle for quite some time, Uh, one we've been fascinated with trying to sort out. Uh, And so uh, we focused our efforts on looking at several sites in this area. And then when Scott was driving to help us uh, bring supplies to one of them, he spotted a little uh, fold in the basalt out on an open landscape and stopped to have a look and then discovered a very unique setting that looked like a very important place. Hmm. Let's talk about time here uh, and, and, and time before now. What was the assumption for the, the date of humans being there, passing through or, or spending time there at the very beginning? How old did you think it was? What we were seeing when we first started looking at this site was uh, stone tools that are called, uh, they're projectile points, and they fit into the Western stem tradition, which is a a distinct group of uh, projectile points. They're fairly large, and they have long blades. Uh, The business end is is pretty uh, long, and then they have uh, weak shoulders and a rounded base. Uh, that's distinct. So these are before notched points came along about 7,000 years ago, uh, and we uh, we started seeing these on the landscape out here, uh, dating on average between 7,000 and about 15,000 years ago. So there's lots of these points present on this landscape, which is a, they are a time marker all by themselves. So that was your assumption, but sometime between 7,000 and 15,000 years ago. Um, but it obviously uh, we're talking now because what you found turns out to be thousands of years older. Can you tell us about the the layer of volcanic ash that was on top of some of the things that you eventually found? Yes. So uh, when we were excavating here, we did a test excavation in 2011 and another one in 2012, uh, along with a field school. And what we found was that there was a layer of rock that was that looked like it might have been protecting an ancient surface. Uh, so we got somebody out here who could break up this rock layer that appeared to be from a collapse of the rock shelter at some time past. Uh, and when we got underneath those rocks, we got into a layer, a deposit of sedimentary material uh, that 
was protected. And, and during the first part of that excavation, as we broke through the rocks, we found a layer of volcanic ash that we thought was Mazama from the eruption that formed Crater Lake 7,600 years ago. And Mazama is always a great thing to see because, you know, then you're dealing with this site that's at least 7,600 years old. Uh, and then that winter, when we sent that material off to uh, Washington State University, they identified it as a very clean sample of Mount St. Helens SG tephra, or volcanic ash, that dates at the most recent, about 15,000 years in age. So right then we are realizing that we have a volcanic layer of ash that's twice as old as we expected it to be, and anything else that was underneath it, if it was in the proper uh, orderly association that we expect with stratigraphy, should be older than that volcanic ash. And in fact, that's what um, radiocarbon dating has confirmed most recently, just just this past year. Two different sets of things that, that you have found. Tooth fragments um, from, I guess, now extinct animals and some human tools. Can you tell us about the, the tooth fragments first? Yes. Uh, so after we got through that volcanic ash layer, we found... Uh, concentration, I think there was 27 or 28 fragments of tooth enamel. Uh, one of the pieces was so large that it fit across the palm of my hand, and it was clearly from an animal that didn't exist on the landscape in modern times. And so that by itself was really exciting, but we didn't know what it was. Uh, and so that winter, when we were out of the field and uh, back in at the university, I took it over to Edward Davis, who is a paleontologist, geologist at the uh, Condon Collection for the Museum of Natural and Cultural History. He and I compared that uh, to fossils from the Juntura Formation and found that it matched very nicely with a, a camel uh, mandible that was excavated uh, at some time in the past. So comparing that visually, uh, it appeared to be camel. So 18 or so thousand years ago, camels were roaming around what's now near Burns? Uh, yes, they were. There were actually quite a few of them scattered across North America. Uh, and we believe this to be uh, what's called a yesterday's camel. Hmm. And there was the other piece, I understand, was from a, a, a variety of bison, um, which also is, is no longer with us. That's what we believe that piece to be. Yeah, it was in the same concentration of tooth enamel, uh, but it appears to be a bison tooth, and we're trying to verify that right now uh, through other means. What can you tell us about the orange agate tools, scrapers, it seems, that were also found? So, according to superposition or looking at sediments in the ground, uh, in the natural order of things, the oldest material should be at the bottom or, or beneath the more recent material. So uh, we were looking at the volcanic ash, and then underneath that we found the camelops tooth enamel. And then 10 centimeters below the tooth enamel, we found uh, an orange chalcedony, or what looks like a, a very bright uh, colored agate tool. But Agate is banded, and chalcedony is unbanded and translucent, so there's a bit of a difference between those two. What might the tool have been used for? It has multiple edges, 
And so when you take a look at it, uh, it has one convex edge, so it's kind of a curved cutting edge. Uh, one side has a flat edge that appears to be another type of cutting edge or maybe a scraper. And then <clears throat> another side of it is, is a kind of a, a, a not quite square, more rectangular. But the third side has uh, uh, flakes taken off on opposite sides to form a sawtooth uh, edge. And that edge has been used so much that the, the teeth on it are polished almost round. So it's a kind of multi-tool. You could do different things with it depending on which edge you had. Yeah, it's like an early Swiss Army knife. Huh. Um, I just remind folks, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about some of the oldest evidence of human civilization in North America. It was found in what is now Harney County in southeastern Oregon. Pat O'Grady is at the site right now. He is a staff archaeologist at the University of Oregon's Museum of Natural and Cultural History. So when you add this all up, um, and, and it, with with the added detail that you got a kind of second confirmation of the dating, um, putting this at least 18,000 years ago, what's the significance of that finding? What does it mean to you that humans were there more than 18,000 years ago? So our first radiocarbon date on the uh, Camelops tooth enamel fragment was done by uh, Tom Stafford, who's one of the leaders in the world in uh, preparing samples for uh, AMS radiocarbon dating. So you can take a tiny amount of material uh, and date that very accurately using uh, the radiocarbon method. And so we got that first date in 2018, and it came back in the 18,300-year time range. Uh, and it just was, it was scary because uh, having a single date on uh, a material that is that old uh, suggests that we may have a very old site here. And so we wanted, the first thing we wanted to do was redate that same sample, plus uh, add an additional sample to verify that those dates are likely correct. With so, the word you used there is scary. You didn't say it was exciting. What was scary about it? Oh, well, it's, it, it's, it's both exciting and scary. But the scary part is that uh, a single date is is not something that you use to support a, an idea of the age of a site. You have to verify that that date is correct. And so we were sitting looking at a date of 18,000 years and beyond uh, and trying to determine uh, how accurate that was. So we needed to get additional dates. And that was the scary part is that you don't want to announce something like that that's that old without having something to back it up which so you then, then we, you you then did get that second confirmation this year in 2023 which is now which is why we're talking now um so what what does it mean that that humans were there to the best of our scientific understanding now that long ago well there's a couple of things so the the fact that we have the radiocarbon dates on these tooth enamel fragments and they're above where that stone tool came from, suggests that perhaps the stone tool is even older than the dated camel tooth enamel. Uh, so that's a, a highly significant thing. And then the other thing about it is just that um, it's pushing back the idea of how old sites can be in North America and that we have the evidence of extinct animal species 
in association with stone tools. So that's something that is uh, hard to come by and uh, and to have them at the transition from the Pleistocene or the Ice Age into more modern conditions, even though that took a long time, means that we are stretching the timeline for humans in, in Oregon and points beyond further back. And there are other sites that are uh, old, that are close to that age and some that are perhaps older, um, through North and South America, but these are very strong dates. Does this change the most accepted theory of how and when humans arrived in the Americas? Uh, I think that has been in flux for quite a while now. So uh, for years, since the 1930s, the idea has been among archaeologists and, and conveyed to the public that uh, there is a certain type of stone tool called the Clovis Point, and those are found in association with Ice Age animals, and they date between about uh, uh, 12,800 and 13,300 years in age. So those Clovis Points uh, were thought to be the first in North America, and it was hard to break through that barrier uh, in thinking until we started finding older sites. And another university site uh, called uh, uh, Paisley Caves was dug by Dennis Jenkins and his team uh, identified material at that cave that was 14,300 years in age uh, and, and started breaking down that barrier. There were other dates that were coming out about the same time. And we're slowly pushing the timeline back. You know, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> For now, this is an old date, but in another day or another week, there may be older dates that push the timeline further back. But I so, guess you can I, enjoy the, the uh, this designation while you have it. Pat well, O'Grady, sorry? Yes? Okay. Go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to thank you, but I, I wanted to give you a, a chance to um, give us a final thought. Oh, just the final thought is that it's it's a relief to see these dates match up because now we can start talking about this site in terms of what the basement age of the site is and start putting out the papers that we've been waiting to until we have that verification. Pat O'Grady, thanks very much for your time. Thank you. Pat O'Grady is a staff archaeologist at the University of Oregon's Museum of Natural and Cultural History.